Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy, or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. Michigan is the definition of picturesque. A suburb of Grand Rapids, Ada sits along the Thornapple River and is as movie-like of a town as you can get. But in the heart of Finley Cemetery and in the surrounding areas of Seedman Park, there's a legend that shakes up this idyllic town. The Ada Witch is a woman wearing white seen around the Finley Cemetery. The legend goes that she was a woman who frequently cheated on her husband. She met her lover in Seedman Park in the woods and one night, suspecting what she was up to, the husband followed. In a rage, the husband attacked the couple, killing his wife. The two men struggled, and ultimately both died from their wounds. Now there are sightings of a woman in white, or blue, in and surrounding the cemetery. There are feelings of cold spots, the sounds of fighting, and reports of some people even being touched by unseen hands. So what's a ghost like that doing in the idyllic Ada? And how does she get labeled a witch? It might be much simpler explanation than we think. The earliest we can find of this legend being written down is from a book published in 1982 titled Haunted Houses of Grand Rapids, written by Gary Eberl. That's not to say it didn't exist before that, just that it was first written down by Eberl. According to WZZM13, which is a source that you're going to be seeing a lot from us in the coming podcasts, the legend has been around since the 1800s. Ebril seems to have been the first to bring this legend to life in writing, however, and it kind of took off from there. The story spread, and now people equate whatever they're seeing with the Ada Witch. I think it's worth noting that MLive, a local news outlet, says that when Ebril was doing his research for the book, he used police reports and newspaper clippings for everything except two of his stories, the Ada Witch and the haunting of the Bell Building in Grand Rapids. Yeah, because there's no evidence of the Ada Witch. No. <laughs> yeah, he <His>. used... <sighs> I have a love-hate relationship with this man. <laughs> now that we've now that we've like read his book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which you can get um if if your local library doesn't have it, which they probably don't unless you're in Grand Rapids. Um they have several copies there. You can get it through an interlibrary loan system um within Michigan called the Michigan E Library. Um, which is what I did on that poor book <laughs> with its pages falling out. Oh, my goodness. It was, um, I think we can call it well-loved. Oh, very well-loved. Yes. And also just written like fiction. A lot of it was written like fiction. Um, that's a big problem I have with books like that is they're written to be spooky, to 
creepy creepy it's, ghost stories right yeah it's it's kind of meant to you know be told when you're sitting in your bed under your blankets with a flashlight that's what yes it's what it read like yes um, absolutely much less here's the legend here's what people see but oh so and so was walking through the woods at night you know on his horse and saw a lady in white in the woods and yes yeah that it's one a lot more like that the ada witch story in his book is probably the worst offender of that storytelling technique oh, for sure <laughs> because he didn't have anything <laughs> <laughs> not a thing wherever he got his story supposedly it was from another guy who did this research before him and he just put it together in book form the public ran with it some to the point of vandalizing the gravestones in finley cemetery before the renovation of the gravestone there was even someone trying to sell pieces of it along with grave dirt on ebay which is awful come on guys just no. Uh, in 2003, a paranormal group visiting the cemetery somehow came upon the name that would cement the legend in, well, stone. One of the gravestones bears the name Sarah McMillan, a young woman from the area. Sarah died in 1870 of typhoid, according to local researcher and founder of the West Michigan Ghost Hunter Society, Nicole Bray. Um, I've also verified this. I looked it up myself. Excellent. Sarah is nowhere near being your standard witch, hear the quotes, but with the proclamation of the name came the solidified idea that there was a witch in Findlay Cemetery. Oh my goodness. And then all of, well, I found, we'll get into that in a minute, but Sally McMillan, just like Bray did um, through mm-hmm. familysearch.org, which is a wonderful research. Oh, it's I, a fantastic. wonderful research tool I have discovered, who definitely, it says, you know, died as the date that the gravestone does, you know, of typhoid and all of that, but there's not. Yeah, I, I don't know where this came from. No one seems to know where this came from. Nicole Bray also wrote a book on haunted houses in Grand Rapids, and she couldn't find it. <laughs> no one can find it. I don't know the name of the paranormal group that supposedly came up with this name. Maybe it was through an EVP. Who? That's all I could find is it was possibly a group from California getting it from an EVP, which is Electronic Voice Phenomena. And the cemetery one, you know, when they were investigating one evening, but there's, I mean, no, nobody has like ratted them out. Mm, yes. Because yeah. it's caused a lot of damage and people in the community are upset by it, understandably. Absolutely. So the story might not be real. In fact, Bray and all her research about this couldn't find any three people who died that closely together in, in history between 1850 and 1950 in the area. So the story... Might be even older than that or younger. Like I said, I looked through the death records and I couldn't find I couldn't find two people dying on the same day in that area between 1850 and 1950. I did find Sally in the registry, but everything says that she died of typhoid. But here's the thing. People have experienced something in that area for years. So if it's not a witch and it's not the ghosts of fighting lovers, who is it or what is it? There have been eyewitness sightings of a woman in white or blue. They say it could be a light blue around the area for decades. One woman saw her sitting in the middle of Bailey Drive, nearly five miles from the cemetery, back in 2001. Other people have experienced being touched, hearing the sounds of distant struggles, hearing a woman screaming. The list goes on. But if there was no witch, and there wasn't a witch, it's not a witch. No actual fatal fight. And these experiences are to be believed, and we do think that they are. We're not discounting anyone's experiences. Then what's going on? 
As we were doing, (laughs) it's not a witch. It's going to be my catchphrase. It's not a witch. (laughs) There are so many witch stories and warlock stories in Michigan. It's like, no, it's not a witch. But as we were doing the research, it dawned on me that every time we read about a witch sighting, she was in white or blue. You might be familiar. There are other legends all over the world about white ladies. We often know them as vanishing hitchhikers. There's a really famous one in Chicago called Resurrection Mary. See the multi-part series from Astonishing Legends podcast for much more info on that. They did a wonderful job. They did. They did. It was really good. Uh, But white ladies have been witnessed all over the world for centuries. They're characterized by being usually by the side of a road or near a cemetery, dressing in white or light blue and wanting a ride somewhere. A lot of times the legends have it that the white lady is looking for a lost lover, a child, and that they wander where they died in search. She wanders pretty far, though. This one wanders very far. Resurrection is kind of just up and down Archer Avenue. You know, all going back to Resurrection Cemetery. Yeah. Just to use her as the example. But this 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 white lady is like within a five mile radius, it seems. Yeah, it's pretty far. It's a pretty far distance for what we would consider to be a ghost like traveling. We don't re- we don't normally associate ghosts with traveling. We normally associate them with they are stuck right. in one spot. Right. The more we looked into people's personal sightings, the more we realized that what's happening in Ada is most likely something like a white lady and definitely not a witch. Again, not a witch. Not a witch. (laughs) I understand people's understanding of witches back in the day were different than ours. Ours are... Sure. They're definitely influenced by Gardner, Wiccans, and so forth, and Halloween. But still, all of that being said, not a witch. (laughs) Not a witch. It's probably not Sarah McMillan. Possibly, but that does not seem to be the case. Uh, We have no idea about Sarah's life on Earth other than that she died of typhoid in 1870, and she wasn't very old when she died. If the story is right and the woman people see is Sarah, what happened? That's a really good question. I will give it that Finley Cemetery is a cemetery, so it kind of stands to reason that it would be haunted. Just when you put a lot of dead people and a lot of grief and sorrow in one place, that's probably going to lead to some weird things. Well, and Michigan has experienced a lot of uh, disease, typhoid, obviously. We'll get into more of this later. And fires, too. Um, Of course, there was the great one, the Chicago Fire. Well, there was one happening in Michigan at the same time. It burned very much of the Lower Peninsula. It was not an easy place to live back then. No. We were the frontier. We really were. People were dying left and right. Right. But it's still, where did this white lady come from? Yeah. And that's often the case with white ladies is... They kind of just show up and there's legends and everything that pop up around them, i.e. Resurrection Mary. There's like several different Marys that this could possibly be, but no one knows. Right. Well, yeah. Mary. Mary and Sarah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I have no idea. And in addition to her, um, the people see balls of blue and green light floating in the cemetery after dark. Um, I, I don't know if that goes beyond the cemetery. And the sounds of struggle in the woods, people being tapped on the shoulder, things like that. Those That goes back quite a while. There was Michigan's other side yeah. in the comment section. There was a woman who said what her friend of hers or her ex-boyfriend or something. I think it was an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, he claimed that the witch was actually his aunt, who was a um, bit, bit of a kooky lady. She was li- a live woman. She was not dead. She was not a ghost. She was a real woman who I like to hang out naked or some some strange things. 
I'm pulling up that doc right now yeah. to see if I can get back it to was, it. It was pretty good. It was in this. It was a lady in the 60s. I mean, ladies in the 60s were doing some kooky stuff back then. Yeah, it was the 60s. <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. I was not alive. <laughs> no, let's just say we are much younger than that. Let me see if I can find it. She, uh, that woman actually had some good stories. And if, if I remember correctly, her name was Sarah. <laughs> by the way, side note on Sarah. Oh, yes. She goes by Sally sometimes. And I believe it's in like, the census records. I believe she goes by Sally. That's the only um, record that's nearest to the Sarah McMillan would be a okay. Sally McMillan. And Sally was a common nickname for Sarah. What? Which, is, oh, God, the English and their nicknames. <laughs> we Jeez. got into a whole discussion about this because... <laughs> The nicknames for some names, like, I was arguing with Krista that, you know, somebody got the wrong name for this woman. You know, I, I was in the full belief that these were two different people and that we just couldn't find a Sarah McMillan in the records on Find a Grave or anything. And then Krista did further research because she is our wonderful research half of this and brought it to my attention that nicknames are just weird. Yeah. Like, Molly is a common nickname for Mary. I think a lot of people know that one. Jack, John, Harry, Henry. Peggy for Margaret. I never understood that. I didn't know why Peggy Carter's name, full first name, was actually Margaret. Yeah. French. I mean, it's this whole convoluted French thing. It, yes. Once you go down that rabbit hole, it does start to make sense. But that made searching for things. So when you look for people, bear that in mind that they could have gone by a nickname. Yeah, because that threw me off for sure. It was like, well, yeah. Sarah didn't even exist, so why would she be? But no, it was just they wrote her nickname down in the records instead, which now that I know that, our future research has become slightly easier because now I know Yes, I, I need to broaden my, my search. It's coming up in a future podcast, but I can't just look for Elias Frisk. I have to imagine that Elias could be a middle name or some kind of weird nickname. Yes, yes, could be short for something or... All right. So let's see. There's the feeling of unease um, or the feeling of energy in the cemetery. And that comes from Grand Rapids Urban Legends.wordpress.com. Thank you for that. There's a couple YouTube videos about people trying to go find the Ada Witch, including one that I cannot determine whether it is intentionally faked or not. It's that the one with the girl with screaming the girl. in the oh car. Oh my God, the girl screaming. First of all, ladies. Please don't scream on video. It hurts very much. Yeah. Or, um, and, and driving by and holding your phone out the window. It's so loud. It's so loud. It's it was a very so loud, loud video. But thankfully, you don't really need the audio. They drive by Finley Cemetery, right? Or is it Seedman Park? Um, is that or Bailey Drive? I can't remember. It's such a wide area. It's like this, five square miles. It's, this white lady travels. She anyway, around. they're driving down one of the siding areas, holding the phone out of the window of what I think is an SUV. And there's a couple of girls in the car, like at least three, trying to find the Ada Witch. And they end up passing by what is a very blurry figure in white. Yeah. And then they double back and, you know, get it again. It's very strange. Yeah. It could easily be faked. Yeah. I'll have it up on the website so you can see yeah. it. It was just, you know, in, in our search for this, that was something very strange that came up. But right. they also, you know, complained of weird feelings. Oh, there is um, a woman said that she was driving home from down Bailey Drive, heading home from work. Quote, I was coming up the crest of the hill and all of a sudden... I see a woman sitting in the middle of the street. She had on a long, flowing blue dress. She was sitting there waving her arms and the words coming out of her mouth to me looked like she was asking, help me, help me, unquote. And that is from the WZZM article. So there's definitely people seeing, there's definitely people seeing things. 
Yeah. And she reported it to a friend. She called a friend or something, and, and the friend said, oh, you've seen the Ada Witch. Yeah. So just, this was something that they knew. Yeah. They knew and just kind of offhandedly, oh, you've seen the Ada Witch, which I think, you know, I don't think anybody before 1982 would have been, oh, you saw the Ada Witch. They right. probably would have been like, you saw a ghost. Right. I mean, there's the guy, is Ebro's book, right, with yeah. the horse. He talks about a guy who lives in that area and was riding his horse one evening, and it was kind of icy. They were taking it slow. And then the horse seems to see something pass by it, like how animals will kind of watch something. Or people will be watching things, too. Um, and it sort of watches something pass and then starts walking again. And the guy, understandably, gets a little weirded out by that, freaked out by that. Yeah. He's a horse guy. He knows horses don't really do that. So that freaks him out. But what that was, who knows? I mean, Ebro yeah. is pretty quick to say, like, oh, we must have seen the Ada Witch. Well, there's nothing there. And there are so many other experiences besides the lady in white or blue yes. that it's, you know, there's the balls of light. There's voices of struggle in the woods, which I don't know if it were me. I probably would have investigated a little more, like called the cops because someone's getting hurt. I used to be the ones to just jump to, oh, that would have been, you know, that would have been the Ada Witch. That would have been the ghost. But now I'm like, call the cops. Someone's getting murdered. Well, and it's more populated now. A lot of these That's stories true. are from, because Ebro's book was the 80s. 82. A lot of the stories are from the 60s. So they're they're older stories. And the area has just built up since then. There are several more homes have been built. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe where the guys used to go hunting, where the, supposedly the hunters would hear things, see things, feel things. I think that's like housing development now. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I, it'd be interesting if people in these housing developments have experienced these things. Most of these stories are decades old. I mean, before we were born. Yes. it's It's been difficult to find things that are a lot more modern for this story because I think, yeah, it has just, once you build up an area, I think it loses its potential to be haunted. Yeah. Especially with housing developments, which is something that we will also discover in a future podcast. Do you have any ideas as what to what you think is actually like happening there? Or is this just... I don't know. I mean, certainly with the hunters, they're out in the middle of the forest, mostly alone, probably on fairly high alert. They're hunting. It's not really a lazy sport. Mm -hmm. um, they could have been imagining those things. Not saying they were, but it's a possibility. Yeah. When you're alone... You imagine all kinds of things, especially when you're on high alert like that. Your senses oh, are sure. up. The tiniest touch can feel like a hand. So, yeah, I don't know. Are people seeing things? Yeah, probably. What they're seeing, I don't know. I have no idea. It's not a witch. I feel very confident in saying it's not a witch. Not a witch? <laughs> not a witch. I know witches. And, yes, they're the more modern witches. But still, it's not a witch. Yeah. I mean, one of my thoughts kind of jokingly was the reason we see all these white ladies and not, uh, for example, white gentlemen, is that, you know, they're finally free to walk by themselves at night. <laughs> right? They don't have to be <laughs> escorted. They don't have to be in fear. Yeah. They're finally free to do whatever they want because they're usually Victorian women or long flowing dresses, old timey clothes. People say this all the time. Maybe they're just ladies finally free to do what they want. And they're like, screw the patriarchy. I'm going to take a walk at night by myself. By the way, if you thought this podcast would be free and clear of anything um, <laughs> political, I think <laughs> you found the wrong podcast. Um, yeah. We're definitely going to take a more modern stance on a lot of these stories that we are going yeah. to expound to you, especially the ones that involve witches. Yeah, because they're always, well, not always, there's, there's an exception, but they're pretty much all women. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a couple warlocks. To, yeah, to the point where when I found the warlocks, I was like, ooh. <laughs> the 
a change. Oh, something different. It's a it's a man this time. How exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the camp that like stuff is totally happening. This is not a podcast about debunking anything. Everyone's experiences with the paranormal are real and valid. Yeah, I can't debunk any of this. No, of course. And frankly, we haven't even been there. I've been to Ada. I just haven't gone witch hunting in Ada. Okay, yeah, fair. But it's around a cemetery. It's around an old park that, you know, who knows what the woods were used for before Ada Ada as we know it existed. My feeling is is that if it's a cemetery, it's haunted. Some people like to say, why would a cemetery be haunted? All the ghosts would be off. Why would they want to be where they're laying to rest? My idea is more, well, it's a cemetery and a lot of grief and sorrow has happened there. Yeah. And that's where the physical bodies are. Why wouldn't it be haunted? I wouldn't mind hanging out yeah. in a graveyard for eternity. Well, know. and also, again, a lot of them are old-timey ghosts. Cemeteries were nice places to visit. They were parks. You went there to spend time with your family and deceased and living they were very different than we view cemeteries today and we do have to keep that in mind when we're looking at these ghost stories is what we believe today how we feel today is not how humans have always felt even 30 years ago they looked at things differently than we do now Uh, maybe that's a good podcast topic for the future is to go over especially like victorian ideals of death yes oh i have a wonderful guest for that too excellent yeah mark that down we should we should do that yeah all right i feel like that's it for ada I think we can close that. Not a witch. Not a witch. (laughs) All right. Next, we'd like to talk about the ghost town called Parashaney, otherwise known as Center Plains, Michigan. The story goes, Parashaney was once a booming lumber town in northern Michigan. At its height in the 1870s, it boasted 1,500 people. But it wasn't destined to keep growing. A witch... Some say a woman, banished to live in the woods, cursed the town because of the way she was treated. She brought on disease, then fires, then more disease. By the time her curse finished, the town was nothing but ghosts. One source says the witch was hanged for her crimes. Today, not much remains, just a cemetery and a few foundations. There's nothing left to show the town as it once was. Or is there? Established in 1873 around Mr. George M. Shaney's sawmill, Paris Shaney started off strong. Shaney was given a grant by the Michigan Central Railroad Company to build a stop, and this almost ensured people would flock to his brand new town. By the mid-1870s, not very long after it was founded, the town had upwards of 1,500 people. A Detroit Free Press article from 1878 described Parashaney as, quote, a thriving farming community where one might breathe the purest atmosphere this side of the Rocky Mountains, unquote. Everything seemed to be going well for the little town until the late 1890s. Diphtheria struck, and it struck hard. According to sources, in 1893, the disease swept through the town and wiped out a good portion of the population. According to Click on Detroit, fires broke out after this, most likely caused by sparks from the sawmill, and left the town damaged. And if that wasn't enough, another round of diphtheria hit in 1897. This devastated what was left of the settlement, and by 1901, Parashaney was down to 25 residents. In 1917, at just under 20 residents, the town was auctioned off, and what had begun as a thriving town along the railroad was officially declared a ghost town which is something you can officially declare. Evidently, because Michigan did it. We actually have several ghost towns, but this one's probably the most well-known. Yeah. Not necessarily popular, but it is very much in the middle of nowhere. It really is. (laughs) 
Sorry, Northern Michigan, but it's in the middle yeah, of nowhere. It's, it's lower peninsula, smack dab in the middle of the mitten, yeah. pretty much. There's not a lot there. <laughs> and also, we were pronouncing that correctly. That is diphtheria, as we learned. Not diphtheria, like most people. Like I was taught. <laughs> like I was taught as yeah, a truly. child. And we learned that from Astonishing Legends. So thank you very much, boys, for uh, <laughs> teaching us the correct way to say diphtheria. Also... Diphtheria had an outbreak in Ada in 1880. Uh, see, disease is bad. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Disease is bad. Excellent. <laughs> it makes witches. In, ca- in case you weren't aware, oh. disease is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it causes people to turn into witches when they die. You heard it here, folks. This is the most scientific, <laughs> po- scientific podcast you will ever hear. Diphtheria Cause. and typhoid. Causes witches. Causes witchiness. Yeah. Just so you know. You heard it here, folks. Diphtheria, typhoid, yep. equals witches. So vaccinate your, <laughs> vaccinate your damn kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems natural. After, I mean, given this terrible history, uh, that the people would blame a curse. Remember, this is the late nineteenth century. Disease, fire, then more disease. Sounds like a curse. One of the stories has the witch being a woman who was banished to live in the woods for unknown reasons. Another one makes a little more sense. And says that a woman got pregnant out of wedlock and then was banished into the woods. Kind of like the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Someone was reading too much Hawthorne. Right. Um, She then, after being banished, became a witch and cursed the town. Unlike the Scarlet Letter. Right. Which I think would have been a much more fun book. But that's fine. And there's a witch in the the Scarlet Letter, you know. That always confused me. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, there's a witch in the Scarlet Letter and she flies around on a broom and kind of mocks uh, the main character and the townspeople, and they just treat it like she isn't there, like it's just normal. I don't know. Okay, but... to be fair, if I <laughs> if I have read this book, it hasn't been since maybe junior high, which was yeah a while ago, without giving away ages. Yeah, they read it in my high school. So I definitely don't remember a witch. No, no one remembers the witch. No one told me there was a witch. If they'd told me there was a witch, I would have read that book much sooner. Right? I wish the witch had a much bigger part yeah and it's a historical figure too um i forget her name but yeah that's like the greatest part of the book for me is yeah which it's so bizarre and it's treated as just like normal like you do there's just your neighborhood witch just your everyday neighborhood witch yeah (laughs) and all of the because i read the scarlet letter well more than a few years ago um before we took a trip to boston and salem because i wanted to see the seven gables house which I, i read that book too it's also wonderful and I, so I read that, and I was like, "But nobody told me there's a witch." These are important things to me when I read literature. Yeah, um, as they should be to everyone. And yeah, and she's not really demonized. It's just she's very strange. She's very strange. I would love to hear what people have to say about the witch if they have read this book because it's wonderful, and it's a good book too. But it's almost like this little bit of comedy on the side or something that there's, there's this witch there. It's so bizarre. Yeah, that feels very Shakespearean to me almost. And I, I think she was dead, too. Even better. I think they had hung her or something. I can't remember. It's, it's been a little bit since I read it. But, yeah, it's just so bizarre. That's fantastic. And, Horth- and Hawthorne did add comedy to his books. Like, anyone who says, oh, I hated this guy. It was so dry. No, he does add a lot of comedy. In um, House of the Seven Gables, there's the old people get spooked and they run away and they go on this train adventure (laughs) oh my goodness it's ridiculous and it's so funny and it's just this little side story of these old people running away (laughs) good god (laughs) 
And there's maybe ghosts in that one too. So he liked spooky Ooh, stuff. Maybe ghosts. Yeah, Hawthorne really A lot of writers and yeah. incorporated. Oh, we yeah. should have a discussion about that eventually as well. Oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> For now though, there was talk about Parashaney having been built on a Native American burial ground and that came up with the curse and I wanted to throw my laptop into Lake Michigan. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, stop. Just stop. I guarantee you one not a lot has been buried on a Native American burial ground. I'm sure it happens. And it has Probably. happened. There's been news articles. Think of how many dead people are on this planet. Dead people. Way more than living people. Oh, yeah. But you, you don't get to use that as your excuse to create a curse for a town. I do wonder, I think I've mentioned this before, what do people in, in Europe do? Right. They don't have yeah. Native American burial it, grounds to blame this, things on. This was an old Roman burial ground. What we, we just see Roman sold legions just walking by. Yeah. We absolutely concede that there were Native American trails nearby. That's where a lot of our major highways come from. They follow Native American trails pretty closely. And according to you know maps we found that I can put on the website as well, we found drawn maps of um, Native American trails. Yeah. So I can fully believe that there was a trail going through or by Ada, but I or not Ada. Um, that was our last one through Parashaney. And the river system. And the river there system. Are rivers that go through there. I just don't um, buy. Oh, our town was cursed because of a Native American burial ground. Yeah. No, it no. was not. And it never has been. No, I, I refuse to accept those stories. Yes, yeah, it wasn't. Plain and simple. I'm not even going to entertain that idea. You're going to hear me yell about this a lot. I don't buy it. It has nothing to do with the Native Americans or anything. It was disease. It was fires. It was lack of railroads. It was... It was everything. People being suspicious. Michigan was very Catholic and French, and they're a suspicious people. That's probably why Michiganders are so suspicious and superstitious. And There's a history yeah. there. Yeah, we, we are a unique people. <laughs> really are. Yeah. I can't say anything. I'm from California, yeah. but <laughs> you really are. I'm an adopted Michigander, I yeah. guess. All right, whatever the case, witch, pregnant witch, or just an outbreak of disease and fire, People are seeing things out in the woods around what used to be Parashaney. We can't discount the ghost sightings. This is what this is all about. There are more than a few reports of people seeing the witch herself, either as a misty or dark figure. There have been female and male voices heard around the quote-unquote witch tree, presumably where they would have hanged the witch, along with glowing red eyes and glowing orbs of light. Some reports claim hearing children's laughter coming from nowhere and finding small handprints on cars afterward, which reminds me a lot of classic Gravity Hill legends, if you've never done one. They are pretty weird and kind of spooky and in no way paranormal. <laughs> yeah, I would love to try one. I have not tried it. We have to find one. They're really fun. The only thing I don't like is that you have to leave your car in neutral and get out of it. Oh, I can't. I can't sit inside it. You I guess might it, be it might depend to? on the hill. It definitely the one the one that we did in Pasadena, California. Your car it would be too heavy to move if anybody's in it, so you have to okay. get out of your car in order to do it. And that was like the most terrifying part was leaving my car in neutral, and then getting and everyone getting out of it, <laughs> including me getting out of the driver's seat. You know, it moved and it was oh my goodness, it's going uphill. Hint, it's not. It's not actually. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's a trick. Going uphill. It's a trick. But it looks cool. Anyway, there are lots of classic Gravity Hill legends that involve children's handprints being on your car. A lot of uh, spooky things happening at railroads, too. Like if you park your car across a railroad track 
where legend has it that you know kids have been killed in a bus that got hit by a train that there will be right. handprints on your car trying to push it out of the way of those train tracks but it's interesting that there's children's laughter and handprints coming from the cemetery and foundations of right. Parashaney. well a lot of kids died it's incredible how many people died. It is just it really incredible. Is. Yeah. When we looked at the bigger picture, not just looking at Ada, not just looking at Parashani, but being like, oh, this yeah. diphtheria was a plague on Michigan. Yeah. It really was a plague on Michigan. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of people died, I believe, in Parashani. They don't have a direct count. They're just looking at how many people were living there at this time. And then when they did the census again, how many people were living there. And it got down to like 17 people. Yeah. So 1,500 to 17 people. When That's... they declared it. An official ghost town. Yeah. And and that's just a matter of decades. That's not much time at all. Parashani was not around for very long. No, really not. It was like under 50 years, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about that. And that happened a lot. Yeah. That's why we have so many ghost towns. So while we're skeptical on there ever having been a witch, it's not a witch, and fairly certain there wasn't a curse on Parashani, we can't deny that a lot of people have had paranormal experiences in the area. As we said, there are a lot of stories. The town has a legitimately tragic story, and it's proposed that one of the causes of paranormal activity is tragedy, whether it happens to a person, group of people, or in a significant place. People are experiencing things in those woods that they can't explain. What's left of Parashady could be haunted. There's been enough disaster on those grounds to warrant it. A lot of people lost their lives through awful means, and we, we're not going to say that they don't continue to stalk around their graves. We're just not. Like, yeah. Just... Again, we're not here to debunk. No, Stuff happens. A lot of things you you can't. No. You, can, you can make guesses and you can say, well, it's, that is a natural phenomenon similar to what you're describing. Yeah. But like with the orbs, people say things like, oh, swamp gas, fairy lights. Well, but do we fully understand what like fairy lights are 100%? Can someone explain to me exactly what swamp gas is? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, well, it's swamp gas. And, <laughs> and the fairy light phenomenon has been kind of explained, but it's also just, but why? <laughs> like, why does it do that? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. With it being the later 19th century, there's a lot of recorded history there. Oh, yeah. Um, it made this it very easy to look things up. Yeah. And this isn't, oh, there could be, you know, it's a witch legend, but it's a very, I would say, recent witch legend. Yeah. It it's a lot to easier to find things that have, find um, documents of things that happened in the 1890s than it is to find things that happened in even the 1820s. It's just mm-hmm. things changed in Michigan so much in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, they had a lot more newspapers back then newspapers. too. Newspapers, like I yeah. didn't realize the Detroit Free Press was so old. Yep, and it wasn't the only one. Yeah, um, Detroit News, I think. Yeah, Detroit News was around back then. They were rivals. One was the Republican newspaper, the other was the Democrat, and I forget which is which. But um, and then there were others. There was like the Detroit Sunday Morning or something. I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, even Ann Arbor had multiple newspapers, and Ann Arbor was tiny. Oh, I know. We're not a huge town now. <laughs> No, <laughs> but I can't back then. Yeah, I can't imagine having more than. Well, we, I mean, we host M Live now, so I guess we have multiple papers or news websites. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I guess I don't really want to say newspapers anymore. And I feel like they were obsessed. The Victorians were obsessed with recording things, writing them down, having a history, which is great because now yeah. as we're doing all this research, oh, we can actually learn the history behind a town instead of just oh, this might have happened. Yep. Who knows? It was the wild times in the eighteen hundreds. Anything yeah. could have happened. As you said, family search and there's um, Ancestry.com, which charges. Yeah. They do have a free version for libraries called, I believe, Heritage Quest. Cool. That's what I've been using. Okay. And most, I'm going to say most libraries subscribe to it. 
likely they do. And you just log in with your library card info and you can access basically Ancestry.com. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I signed up for Family Search. I signed up for Find a Grave. Um, That's a good one. Find yeah, a Grave. Basically any free service mm-hmm. that would give me access. You can even just look up online Michigan census and death records, which I think might lead you back to family search, but you can actually just Google Some that do. and yeah. there will be a whole website of, oh, you this state to the state, the state to the state of birth, marriage, death, which is really cool. Contact the county clerks, city clerks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Things people have seen. Ghosts, like actual apparitions, glowing orbs, lights and different voices. Like we said, the children laughing with handprints. Unfortunately, vandals have also been seen in the area digging up graves and doing what vandals do to abandoned places that have spooky legends surrounding them, which is basically just ruining them. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. The Detroit Free Press has a little blurb. It says, quote, two boys out hunting said they saw a two-story home along the railway with a couple of lit windows and thought they heard a baby crying. The young man skedaddled in case the owners were shoot first, ask question later types. That's a legit concern in Michigan. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I will talk about that actually in just a second. When their party looked the next day for the house, they could not find it, but they saw a slight dark figure running away, heading south until it disappeared. They followed it to its origin and found gravestones and a cemetery, which turned out to be Parashaney. So ghost houses. Yeah. Have been seen in the area. Which is fun. Nuts. Yeah. It's an entire house. Multiple reports of what people call a witch. Hint, it's not a witch. A woman alone is not a witch. You know, more things about it saying it was possibly built on Native American land, but I still don't see how that would lead to a curse. No, and I, I looked into that because there's a whole lot of nothing. But that's the thing is there's a whole lot of nothing. Why would they want to live there? They would live along the Lake Michigan shoreline, the Lake Huron shoreline, where they have more um, movability. I mean, the the Great Lakes were truly a highway system. Mm -hmm. The rivers in Michigan, highway system. So they're going to live by the lakes much more than the interior, which is probably why white people were able to, like, go crazy and cut all the trees down. Nobody was there. Yeah, nobody was. And and to this day, no one is Very few people are there. I would say no one's there. I do know some people who are from that area. Very few people are there. There is not a lot in the interior even now. It's along the coasts. Yeah. And, you know, I would I will throw this out there and say that if you have more information, especially on Native American life in Michigan, especially in that area, throw us a couple emails at contacthauntedmitten.gmail.com. I'll be frank. We're two white ladies doing research. And while I do have a background in some Native American studies, it is not in this area. Please educate us. That's all we're here to do is learn. Our history is very, I think, unique to some of the surrounding areas. Oh, for sure. Um, we were very French for a very long time. It was, I think, the mid-19th century that English finally overtook French in Detroit. Dang. Yeah, that's pretty late. A lot of it was because of the boom after the Civil War. So we are unique. We're pretty pretty Catholic, and Catholicism is honestly pretty superstitious. Demons and oh, so yeah. forth. Which, so, which brings me to like none of these hauntings and none of these like witch idea is surprising me just because of how superstitious and how into folklore michiganders i have come to learn are it has never been difficult to learn about a place's legends i would say it's even difficult in california because california is trying to be so modernized and it's so many people from so many different places Mm. we don't really have a central culture there are several say hundreds of different cultures in california which is great because it makes us a good melting pot but it's we don't have a cohesive identity 
and I find yeah. it in Michiganders. Michiganders do. You are from Michigan. You will always oh, yeah. be from Michigan. That is your home, and that is your first identity the second you are born. Welcome. You were born in Michigan. Congratulations. And like my Coburn ancestry, they first arrived in Massachusetts. They were the ship following the Mayflower. We've been here a long time. Yeah. And then started moving west actually during the Salem Witch Trials because of the Salem Witch Trial. We actually had ties to, was it Sarah Bishop? I think was the first woman yeah. to be killed. Supposedly she had a relationship with my great times, whatever, grandfather. And his family did not approve. <gasps> because her name was not Coburn when she died. No, so, it was not. <laughs> if they were married, she didn't change her name. Yeah. And I find that hard to believe. So, yeah, they they left pretty much immediately as a result of that and then made their way, I think, through Ohio into Michigan. So we've been here a very long time. Yeah. That, and for that and, line of the family. And for uh, witchy, spooky reasons. Yes. <laughs> like literally because of the Salem Witch Trial, I am in Michigan today. That's crazy. It's nuts. I think it's like my ninth great grandfather something like that. Yeah. My, my father traced that. He was really into ancestry. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've learned a lot through family research and things. It's wonderful. Oh, there was an encounter of a quote-unquote mysterious creature. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, it was um, some some teenagers were out, and they supposedly saw glowing eyes. Oh, and one it? freaked out and started running. Yeah, one freaked out and started find running. her friends. And they talked they talk about the witch tree. That might be where they saw the glowing eyes was in the witch tree. I think so. How they determined a place in the woods, which particular tree is the witch tree, I, I don't know. no idea, because it's in the woods. Which tree looks good for the hanging? I don't know. But they saw something that was not a ghost. It was what they described as a mysterious creature, which if you know anything about Michigan legends already, the dog man comes to mind, which I know yeah. a lot of people say is just a made up story, which we will get into later. But there is a decent population that firmly believes that they have seen something like a werewolf in the woods of Michigan. You know what? Honestly, it could be one of those llamas. Oh, my God. It could have been a llama. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me a lot of one of Rose's stories about yes. her time <laughs> in a... Ro- oh my God, uh, it's a llama. It's always a llama. That's the answer. We farm llamas. I mean, that's... I'm not saying that it's not one, wasn't a llama. Because it could have been... It very easily could have been a llama. And frankly, they're super mean. Yeah. They could have chased them. And most people don't encounter llamas in their daily routine. So that would be something. If you saw it at night, you'd be like, what on earth is that thing? What is this? It's got yeah. a long they're, neck. Yeah, it they're big. It's scary. It's huge. It's fluffy. Makes weird noises. It makes yeah. very strange noises. And yeah. it spits at you, I would wonder. But yeah, again, I just, it's a cemetery and it's a ghost town. And yeah. it was struck by diphtheria twice in a giant fire. The place is haunted. It doesn't have to have been cursed by a witch or built on Native American land. There's got to be some people that died with unfinished business. Well, it could even be just echoes, like not conscious spirits or anything, like recordings. We would call that a residual. Yeah, residual hauntings. Yeah. Because a lot happened in a very short amount of time and it was not good. It was pretty terrible. And it's just, it makes perfect sense to me that people would be having experiences out there just because a lot happened and a lot of people died prematurely and especially a lot of children died a lot of children died yeah it's really sad that is what diphtheria and typhoid affect most are the uh our children and the elderly mm-hmm. as a lot of diseases do so it doesn't surprise me at all that people are seeing strange lights and eyes and hearing voices and yeah all of that out there however a, a word to the wise i don't know what it's like now but especially in the 90s there were voices out in the woods because there were people at least one guy with a shotgun protecting the area 
And if you tried to trespass and visit Parashaney a, a decade ago, even, there was someone out there that would shoot first, ask questions later, yep. and would readily chase you off of the land firing his shotgun. Um, yeah, he's a man who supposedly lived nearby. So it's not on his land, as far as I can tell, but it was very close to his land. And teenagers are teenagers, and they went out and they were vandals and got themselves worked up and all kinds of things. Probably were having parties. Yeah. So As you would do on, you know. A ghost town that was rumored to be cursed. You would. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would go out and have a picnic. That's fine. I would do yeah. it now. So just when you're going, if you want to go out to these places and explore them yourself, please, please don't break any laws to do it. Don't trespass. If a place is a local legend, often the people that own the land will be very kind and let you explore with permission. But you have to go seek it first. And if you're going to do a big investigation, I guess, with quite a few people, especially after night, maybe contact the local police. Yes. So that they know that you're out there. Yes. Um, That was something in one of the stories, it might be in Nicole Bray's book, the police were called because the neighbors saw people with flashlights out there and were concerned because you're not really supposed to be in cemeteries after the dark. So the police showed up and they said, okay, next time call us so we know that you're out here and we won't have to come out. Right. A, you're not supposed to be here after dark anyway. There is, even if it's not written on the cemetery, it's an unwritten cemetery rule. They are open uh, dawn till dusk. That's pretty much how yeah. cemeteries work. Call us. We will give you the permission to do so. And we will know that you're here and we can make sure we don't come in with guns blazing. Right. <laughs> Just be respectful. Be respectful. Be mindful. Be respectful. Yeah. Especially of the dead. Please. You're walking around, you know, where, where people have loved ones buried. Have respect for that. Don't go... Breaking apart gravestones of the Ada Witch. Or selling cemetery dirt. Or selling mm. cemetery dirt. On eBay. Of the Ada Witch. Don't do that. She does She's have a new gravestone now. I don't know if we mentioned that. We didn't. Yeah, Nicole Bray and um, I forget someone else got together and they, um, a man did donate a stone. So there's a new stone there for Sarah McMillan. Yes. And it says that she died of typhoid. It says very plainly she died of typhoid. Yes. Like, they wanted that known so that people didn't think, oh, this is the Ada Witch. It's yeah. Like, no, she died of typhoid. She was not killed by her husband in a jealous rage. Right. And if we take anything else from Parashaney, there will be nothing left of Parashaney. Because at this point, it is a meadow with a couple foundations and a couple gravestones. Yeah. There's almost nothing left of it. Yeah. Um, it was destroyed either by nature or people very thoroughly. Thank you for listening. Is there anything that we want to talk about ourselves? We never did introductions. We never did. Uh, I'm Krista K. Coburn. I'm an author, journalist, editor, all about writing thing. You can find me on kristakcoburn.blogspot.com. It's C-R-Y-S-T-A-K-C-O-B-U-R-N. And that's also my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Um, I'm also an author, paranormal researcher, and enthusiast, dramaturgist, Nonprofit volunteer and worker, I suppose. I do a lot with nonprofits. If you wish to find me, I am at K, just the letter K, Gray, G R A Y, writes, W R I T E S, K Gray writes on social media pretty much across the board. My Facebook is just K, the letter K, Gray, G R A Y. Everywhere else, yeah, you can find me at K Gray writes. I'm not a huge Facebook person anymore. I don't really do Twitter, but if, if this gets as popular as we like, I will have to do Twitter. Dang it. And we will have the actual Haunted Mitten social media up soon. So we need to figure out if we can actually get Haunted Mitten as our name across the board. Um, if not, it'll be Haunted Mitten Podcast. 
That seems the simplest way to do it. Yeah. So catch us on social media. Please talk to us. We don't just want to be talking to ourselves. We do that enough already. That being said, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. It's not a witch. It's not a witch.